up, guys? This is the Talking to Star podcast. I'm your host, Connor Livesey. Joined by my co-host tonight, Cole Patterson. Dalton Miller not with us. Uh, he would not text us back, so we hope that he is alive and has not been kidnapped or he's lost in the woods somewhere. So we hope he's good. But uh, we're going to talk about... We've been talking about seeding a lot recently, and the Washington football team and Philadelphia Eagles are currently playing its halftime right now as we're recording this on Tuesday night. We have the Rams and Seahawks playing as well on Tuesday night, so there's some games going on that can um, impact the Cowboys' playoff seeding and everything uh, that are currently being played, but we want to talk about how we've been talking about how this offense isn't very good recently and it really wasn't that much better on Sunday even though I thought the quarterback played a lot better um so that kind of tells you how deep these offensive struggles are right now but the defense uh we still aren't talking about this defense enough because we're spending a lot of time talking about the coaching staff or the play calling or the quarterback or the receiver we're not giving the defense the proper attention they deserve so we're gonna spend a lot of time today talking about this defense um, and, and how impressive they've been this year. But before we do that, Cole, man, how you doing? Doing pretty well, man. <clears throat> um, obviously, we got you know Christmas this, this week. Uh, everybody's you know celebrating the holidays and stuff like that. It's a good time of the year. You know, the Cowboys are that much closer to locking up the playoff spot. Uh, still in contention for that number one seed. So yeah, doing well, man. Um, I think it's supposed to be like in the 80s this weekend down here in Dallas. So be kind of weird. You know, it's been kind of cold. <laughs> last few days but i guess it's about to warm up um so i'm not sure how to feel you know i like the warm weather but i'm not sure how to feel about it um, around this time of the year you know you kind of want to you kind of feel more in the holiday spirit when it's a little bit colder so it should be interesting how are you doing yeah. i'm hanging in there um you know the cowboys won another game it wasn't pretty but they they you know kind of given us the the run sheet for this podcast is just how good this defense is um they continue to turn teams over over at a astronomically high rate and they do it pretty consistently obviously Mm -hmm. they've had some bad offenses and quarterbacks they've played recently so you know a lot of people who aren't sold on this defense yet are going to point to well yeah but they're doing it against these guys but I mean again how many times have we seen you know defenses play bad quarterbacks and they get eight alive by them so I'm I'm giving this defense a lot of credit right now I think they're you know, they're turning guys over, they're playing good in coverage, they're playing good run, they're playing great on all three levels, and I think that's what we're kind of skipping over is we're, we talk about the turnovers, we talk about, you know, the pass rush, but we're not talking about all of it, and all of it's been very impressive um, for most of this year. I mean, they've had some hiccups, they, you know, the referees helped out a lot against the Raiders, but They've played good quarterback. They've played Justin Herbert well. They've played Tom Brady relatively well. They played Patrick Mahomes well. You know, they've played these division quarterbacks well who at times have had success against defenses in the past. So I'm excited about the consistency of this defense. I'm excited about the turnover rate. I'm excited about all of it right now. And they, they're pretty healthy. Um, they're playing good football. And that's uh, that's all you can that's all you can really talk about right now because they're they're really playing the best football I've seen out of defense that I can remember. Yeah, and like you said, um, sure, they're not playing against, um, you know, the elite elite. They have Kyler Murray coming up um, on schedule, uh, but obviously they've played some pretty bad quarterbacks. But still, I mean, you don't even have to look very far. Just look at last year. This defense struggled to get off the field, struggled to create turnovers. 
against bad quarterbacks. Um, so, I mean, that in itself is a big improvement. Um, and like you said, they're not just holding bad teams to, you know, um, a low number of points or anything. They're consistently turning the ball over. Um, they're consistently getting after the quarterback. Um, they're finally getting healthy on that side of the ball after dealing with a lot of injuries. Um, seems like they're peaking at the right time, and you can make a very strong argument that they have the best defensive player in the NFL right now this season. Um, yeah, TJ Watt's great. Miles um, Care's really good as well. Um, but just you can make the argument Parsons might be the most – if he's not the best, he, he's arguably the most valuable just because of what all you can do on that defensive side of the ball. Um I think his case to win Defensive Player of the Year um, just gets stronger each and every week when you when you factor in how bad last year's defense is. And sure, he wasn't the only addition to this defense, obviously, but just the defense is night and day this year, um, and a big part of that is because of him, because of what he can do. I mean, he um, was he played some snaps at cornerback on Sunday, which is outrageous for a guy that literally was playing edge, you know, for half the season. It feels like so it's. It's just been really fun to watch. Like you said, I don't care who they're playing against. This defense has proven to be, you know, one of the best at creating takeaways, um, creating pressure, and, you know, with the offensive struggles and stuff like that, they've really picked up the slack. And it, we talked in the preseason, you know, me and Dalton talked in the preseason. And if this defense can just be average, this Cowboys team is a legitimate Super Bowl contender. And, um, you know, fast forward to the end of the year, and it seems like the defense, if, if the, now the offense can be average, uh, they could be playing in Los Angeles. So it's, it's pretty exciting right now. Um, but, yeah, the defense has been uh, great to watch. Yeah, well, we went through a couple weeks ago. I mean, it's been probably a month or two now, but we did like a – we were talking about the power rankings that had come out, and I think Dalton, you know, we went through, and Dalton had said that the Cowboys were the best team in the NFL, and, and I couldn't quite get there with him on that just because there were some inconsistencies mm-hmm. and the, just some things that I couldn't say, okay, the, the, this team's for sure the best team in the NFL. I think the Rams – You could probably make the top. argument that the defense is the best defense in the NFL right now. Yeah. No just doubt. from a turnover perspective, um, you know, I mean, again, like the corners are playing good football. The pass rushers are doing their job. You know, they don't have great linebackers right now, Leighton Vander Esch and Keanu O'Neill and those guys. But, I mean, again, like the interior of the defensive line is playing well, so it's not like you're getting gashed in the running game. So you're shutting down running games. You're creating interceptions. You're covering well when you aren't creating interceptions, and you're getting after quarterbacks really really well so it's just I mean again I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and put them number one in the NFL but I think you could make the argument more so now about this defense being the best in the league than you could about the team being the best in the league you know a month or two ago yeah I know for sure um it's kind of like the you know Trevon Diggs thing at the beginning of the year where he's getting an interception every single game well that obviously didn't continue like that um that pace was never going to continue him getting an interception every single game, but still just a threat of him being able to take the ball away at any given time. He was pretty close of getting a couple picks over the last few weeks. So, you know, some, he landed out of bounds. Um, I want to play, I believe, um, you know, he almost had another in a couple of games, but just, to, just a threat of him, you know, picking the ball off is in the offense's mind, quarterback's mind. And that's kind of what the defense has done. They might not turn the ball over, or create turn, create turnovers like four times a game every single game, but they've proven that they're capable of doing that. And it's not 
I don't think it's a fluke. Like, it, it's not just like they're coming away with, you know, one-hand interceptions or maybe the defense has some crazy play where the offense turns it over. Like, this is coming from, you know, the pass rush with Randy Gregory and Demarcus Lawrence coming off the edge. It's coming with Parsons coming from every angle. You got corners who, you know, Dan Quinn's kind of giving them that confidence, kind of, you know, built their scheme around being aggressive and getting turnovers and it's all paying off. And I think, like you said, I mean, they have a strong argument being the number one defense in the NFL right now, which is outrageous to even think about, you know, when when, when you're looking at the defense going into the year. But I think that just kind of shows how dangerous this team can be. Um, if the offense can even just get to half of what they were in the first half of the season, they don't even have to be that number one offense that they have shown that they can be and they probably still have the potential to be. But the offense could just get rolling, be a top five, top ten offense. I think the defense is more than capable of making a game-changing play and kind of, you know, turning the, you know, turning the t- tide in the game. And we haven't had a defense like this in, you know, forever. It feels like you know, so it's pretty exciting just to see, because it, it almost feels like they're going to get a turnover every drive. Obviously, that doesn't happen. But almost, you're almost waiting to see what Michael Parsons does to see if Trayvon Diggs gets that interception. So. Um, I'm with you on that on that front. Yeah, just like like I said, I mean, I don't know. You know, I guess you could make the argument. You know, the Colts are turning the ball over at a high rate as well, so like that's a team that you're kind of looking at and maybe yeah. saying they're on the same tier. But I mean, I just don't know anybody that's playing it at the level at all three levels that the Cowboys are playing at right now. You know, just from yeah, pass rush, turnovers, coverage, run defense, like that's. That's what yeah. I'm kind of getting at. So I still think you can put the Rams up there just because, I mean, they still I, I just, have shown flashes of dominance. I mean, what they did to the Cardinals was pretty impressive in my opinion, but they're not turn, they're not creating as many turnovers as Dallas or Indianapolis. But, yeah, I mean, worst case, Cowboys and, certainly in that conversation. Well, and, like, I, I, you know, I don't – obviously, I don't disagree. It's just I think the Rams are built around three or four players, not their whole deep, you know, like I said, that's kind of where I see them being a little bit yeah. different is mm-hmm. the Rams are built around Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey and Von Miller right now. And, you know, obviously they got guys like Leonard Floyd and Darius Williams, but I mean, you can attack the Rams in other ways. Um, and I just, like I said, like right now, I mean, obviously we've had our, we've had our, you know, talks about Anthony Brown, not being a very good player, but He's playing good football right now. Jordan Lewis is playing at an all, you know, a Pro Bowl level, in my opinion. Every safety that's on the field is playing well. Really, if you could just get your linebackers to play a little bit more consistent, a little bit better, you'd feel like you wouldn't have any questions about this defense. And that's really your only question, I think, is your interior defensive linemen are playing, you know, exceptionally well, especially from what we're used to. Um, you know, you got Neville Gallimore who looks like a pro bowler after he's coming off an injury. Uh, Osa has been good. Tristan Hill's been good. Carla Watkins has been good. So it's just, it's, it's, it's like I said, it, it's, there's a few, there's a few, definitely a few teams you can maybe point to and go, yeah, you know, they're, they're in the same tier, but you know, for my money, what this, what this defense is doing as far as turning guys over and creating pressure consistently, uh, it's going to be hard to bet against them. And, and obviously they're proving that. I, mean, I think a stat came out today that the last four times the offense has turned the ball over, the defense got a turnover on that same series, which is just an absurd stat because, I mean, it makes you 
almost makes you feel like, oh, crap, we turn the ball over. Well, get your helmets. We're getting ready to get it back. Like when you do something that consistently, it just makes you makes you really you know appreciate how impressive they've been. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, the de- I'm with you on everything you're saying, and it's kind of crazy just to think about how Dallas, you know, probably has two of the you know five or so best players in the NFL on the defense right now, at least you know performance wise. You know, Diggs obviously double digit interceptions. He was probably the front runner for defense player of the year for that you know first you know eight nine games or whatever. He still has. Pretty good odds, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, he's kind of falling down on that board. But then you got Michael Parsons. When you have two guys like that that can literally change the game, uh, it's hard for any defense to compete with that as far as that number one ranking or where they fit in that equation. But I think, yeah, I think that that's what's going to make Dallas, you know, that team capable of getting to the Super Bowl. I think it, I think obviously we're all frustrated with the offense. I'm sure we'll get into some of that. A little bit as well, but the defense has to give you a lot of confidence into what this team can be and, and accomplish in um, in January and, and February potentially. And we were talking about how they played against some bad quarterbacks, which is true. But I mean, um, you know, they made Herbert struggle in that Week Two game. They kind of caused him right. some fits. Um, you know, Trayvon Diggs had that incredible interception. Um, they held him to under twenty points. And the Buccaneers, I mean, they obviously put up some points in the 30s, but your defense gave you some opportunities to win that game, creating those turnovers, getting multiple interceptions from Tom Brady and things like that. And that's when the Buccaneers were, you know, full strength. Um, obviously, they're going to be down Chris Godwin. They've kind of had some some injuries across the board. Winner for Nets, banged up, Mike Evans. So I think, yeah, well, they've had some str- – I mean, even against the Chiefs offense more recently, if you look at a more recent game, they uh, kept – Kept that offense in check. So I think uh, I don't think it's a fluke with how they're performing. I think that only gives them more confidence when they go up against potentially Aaron Rodgers, potentially Matt Stafford in the postseason. Yeah, no, no doubt about it. I mean, I, I truly, you know, last little thought on the defense, and we'll kind of get into talking a little bit about how this offense continues to struggle. But I, mean, I truly think, and again, I'm, I'm not going to pretend like I sit around and watch every pass rusher in the NFL and study their tape and analytics and all that because uh, i don't don't have time to and don't really want to honestly but yeah. i think just based off of what i see around the league watching football you know not diving into the tape but just watching your basic football and looking at the analytics analytics and metrics available like you could make the argument that, that the cowboys have three top 10 edge rushers on their team right now i mean obviously demarcus lawrence yeah. hasn't played much but since he's been back he's been dominant randy gregory has been dominant all year when he's been on the field Michael Parsons has been defensive player of the year dominant when he's been on the field. So it's like, I mean, again, I'm, I might be, you know, a little bit out of pocket there, but I mean, I think you can make the case that for sure they have three top 15 edge rushers. And I think you could make the case for them having three top 10 edge rushers, which is pretty yeah. ridiculous to think about. No, it is. And we're not a podcast, especially you. We're not a podcast, to, you know, blow smoke or just, you know, be a home or anything like that. Like, so I think it's pretty telling that you think that think that highly of, you know, Granny Gregory, Demarcus Lawrence, Micah Parsons. I mean, they're playing as about as good a football as you can hope for and ask for. Granny Gregory's having a huge season before that injury and he's come back pretty strong as well. Demarcus Lawrence, we know who he is and Parsons he very well could be walking away from the defense with defense player of the year honors at season's end, especially if he gives his pace up. You know, there's three more games to go, so 
looks like he can finish out pretty strong. But I think what makes that so valuable, you have Lawrence on one side and you have Gregory on one side. Um, that already makes offenses, you know, struggle because um, they both have the ability to get after the quarterback, put some fear into the offensive line. And then you have Parsons. Like you said, you can line him up at edge rusher. You can line him up um, at linebacker. You don't really know where he's going to come from when he's not, you know, playing um, at edge, which makes that even more valuable. But, yeah, with rushing the passer, if you have three guys like that, that I think – when, when not only those three guys, when you have three, those three guys getting up to quarterback and you have a ball out corner like Diggs and a secondary, I think that can take you a really long way. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, for sure. Um, I want to get in a little bit to the offense from uh, week 15 against um, the Giants just because it's been such a hot topic. Uh, going back, watching that game live, watching it, the all 22 of it a few times, looking at some of the numbers and everything, I, mean, I truly think that's one of Dak Prescott's better, you know, obviously he took the set, he, you know, got strip sack there in the fourth quarter again, turned the ball over late, something we don't want to see ever, but I think as far as executing the offensive game plan, that's the best he's looked in a while. Um, I mean, we you know we look at it like the numbers aren't going to you know pop off the tape by any means, but you know he completed a ton of passes. He was efficient. Um, again, the ball isn't going down the field a whole lot, so your average yards per attempt and average depth of target is going to be low, but that's based on what defenses are showing them. And I think that's kind of what my point is here is he was kind of getting back to what we were seeing earlier in the year where he was just executing the game plan. Um, you know, he wasn't trying to do too much until that fourth quarter strip sack. He was maneuvering the pocket. Well, he looked to be pretty accurate throwing the football. Uh, he sailed one a little bit high to Michael Gallup, um, that was caught actually it was a ball where he kind of he was feeling pressure he stepped up stepped around it and kind of threw it off one leg a little funny and it kind of made it made me 
cringe a little bit because I was like, oh, no, that kind of looks like yeah. he might be favoring that leg. And, and again, not to say he's injured, not to say any of that, but it might have been looked like, okay, he's he's thinking about it a little bit, which could lead to some of his struggles. But I thought he played his best game in a long time. Um, I think he had the third highest QBR of the week um, is what I saw, third or fourth. I could be wrong there, but it was definitely like top five um, QBR of week 15. And again, Kind of going back to what my whole point's been here recently is it's that performance where you're getting in top five QBR, you're getting a guy who's, you know, he turned the ball over once with five minutes to go. He's not throwing picks. He's moving the chains, you know, when, when they allowed him to. That tells me that there's more deep-rooted concerns with this offense. When the quarterback played a damn good game and the offense still looked pretty rough for most of it. And the bad thing is, is they ran the ball halfway decent, too, but the guy who ran the ball the best didn't get a ton of carries. So I think that's a question that just we, we got to start having. I mean, I know we've talked about it, but Tony Pollard is the better running back for this football team right now. And that's not to say Zeke's bad. That's not to say Zeke's not you know, good at what he does because he is. But Tony Pollard is running the football like one of the best running backs in the NFL. When he touches the ball, he gets more yards than the line blocks for him. He leads the league in yards over expectation as far as offensive line play goes. He's you know a better receiver. The only thing Tony Pollard doesn't do as well as Zeke is pass protect, and mm-hmm. Dak is not getting blitzed at all right now because he eats blitzes alive when he does get blitzed. So there's really no legit argument to have for Zeke to be out touching Pollard at all much less the rate he is right now and I think that's one of the ways this offense can get back on track is putting Pollard the more dangerous back in the guy who's averaging you know six seven yards per carry he's popping off big runs you put him back in the game defenses aren't able to drop seven and eight in coverage and only play three or four on the line they're just not able to because they'll get they'll give up 12 15 yards per carry like he did on Sunday and I, I think that that is a step in the right direction to get this offense back on track is to give Tony Pollard the football more. Yeah, and, you know, like, we've all been clamoring for Tony Pollard to get more touches, and, you know, we are kind of, you know, going into the year, we kind of understood that probably wasn't going to happen because of the contract, because of, like you said, the past protection struggles that he's had throughout his career, including this season. But, I mean, Pollard is a guy that he's proven that he's a better running back over the course of the season. He's more explosive. He's a threat in, you know, the receiving game. He, it's really I think been he the last, this, like, two and a half years, but. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But, you, you know, he, he kind of showcased, you know, I know he wasn't the only back in that game, but he kind of showcased what he could do against the Chargers, you know, in week two. You know, he had that 100 20 plus yard performance had a touchdown and all of that and Chargers defense isn't great but still took advantage I kind of think that's a you know a little bit of a preview of what he can do if you kind of give him a larger role and he obviously more recently he had that he looked pretty good on Sunday he had that big run against New Orleans um 50 yard touchdown where he kind of injured his foot but I mean he's the more explosive option he's a guy that puts more fear into defenses and that's not to say that you need to take Ezekiel Elliott off the field completely. Obviously, he does have some value, you know, protecting Dak. Um, he can pick up the short yardage between the tackles. He can get you into the end zone and 
goal to goal situations, things of that nature. But I'm with you. I think Pollard deserves a larger role in his offense. I think just his ability to get outside, they've had some success getting up, getting on the outside and running the football in that way more so than trying to, you know, run into a brick wall up the middle. Um, like you said, they're not getting blitzed as much, so you don't have to worry as much, at least right now with Pollard and Pass Pro. Maybe that will change if he, if defenses want to take advantage of that, they want to exploit that. Um, but yeah, he's the guy that needs to be on the field more. I think the offense is better. I think the offense clicks better when he's on the field more so than Ezekiel Elliott. And also, I mean, I think it only makes sense, you know, you all but have the division locked up. There's three games to go. Why not let Ezekiel Elliott get you know, more healthy going into the postseason? Why not? If they don't want to shut him down, just get him off the field. Let Pollard take the load going into the going through this final stretch. Let Zeke get healthy and you know prepare for that postseason run. Um, but what do you what do you think? I think we were both on the same page that you know we think Dak is going to get right. He kind of showed flashes of that Sunday. But what do you think is the biggest you know issue with this offense? What's holding the offense back? Is it the play calling in your opinion? Is it the offensive line struggles? Is it kind of a combination with everything when you factor in the wide receivers, you know, dropping passes, um, sometimes on different page with Dak, things like that. What do you think is the, you know, primary concern or primary problem with, with the offense? I mean, it all kind of gels together, but I just think when defenses yeah. are playing the offense the way they are, where they're begging you to run the football, like they're they're literally dropping seven guys into coverage almost every Snap. Not what the Chargers did in week two after the Cowboys tore up the um, the Buccaneers. They put two high safeties, and the yeah. Cowboys took advantage of it. And um, So we, we've seen the Dallas be able to exploit that before, but for whatever okay. reason. It's not Again, they did that with who who did that? Tony Pollard. You yeah, know yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. Yeah. So it's like, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying is it's like, uh-huh. you know, for last week, for example, quarterback played relatively well. Like, I think he played – a damn good game overall. So for me, it's like the quarterback did his job. I'm not blaming the play caller, but the play caller wasn't great. But then you have, you give a running back who's averaging two to three yards less per carry than the other guy, more carries than that guy. And again, he's coming off an injury. Maybe that's why. Um, But so they give him more carries than Pollard. And then, when you do have those opportunities to make big plays down the field, C.D. Lamb drops, you know, a 40, 50-yard gain. Yeah. C.D. Lamb drops another 15, 20-yard gain, and then he drops a screen that had a chance to mm-hmm. hit pretty big too. So it's 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 definitely like multiple things, but people who are just talking about the quarterback are not evaluating this team the right way, and they're not seeing things the way they need to be seen. And, and again, like I might be biased on Dak a lot, but I'm not doing that right now like I'm watching the tape of seven guys in coverage and CD you know when they finally decide to okay you know we're gonna bring a blitz or we're gonna we're gonna only drop five into coverage CD Lamb drops a 30 40 yard pass so it's like it's not all Kellen Moore it's not all the offensive line it's not Not all all running game game. it's a little bit of everything and you know I really don't want to sound like a hot take artist when I say this because I'm not trying to be but let me ask you, mm-hmm. for a team, for for, does this team have a legit wide receiver one? Not, you know, obviously everybody's got a wide receiver one on their roster. Yeah. But in your terms of a wide receiver one, do they have that guy right now? 
Well, let me ask you what you think a wide. What, what would you define a wide receiver one? Is that a top five wide receiver? Is that yeah, like I, I mean, I, I'm just talking about like a guy like, you can go to in a big situation kind of deal. Yeah, like Devontae Adams. Like yeah, Devontae like Adams Justin got double Jefferson covered all night the other that. night, and made plays consistently. You know. Yeah. Jeffrey Hopkins, you know, Cooper Cup right now is, you know, what I'm seeing as a guy who teams are just like scared to death of. Cooper Cup, Devontae Adams. Yeah, I think um, Amari is a borderline top 10 receiver, but I'm with, I don't know if Amari puts as much fear into defenses as a Cooper Cup, as a um, that, guy like that, you know. So I think, I think you have some, you know, argument. They, I think they have, I don't, I see what you're saying. And, like and, and I'm not I'm not trying to be like an asshole about it, being like oh the Cowboys yeah. suck because that's what not what I'm saying at all. Is, I don't think Amari's been bad um, by any stretch. Um, obviously he missed you know the COVID you know whatever you know he kind of took him a game to get his feet back under him. But yeah, I'm with you. He's not a guy that can take over. I mean he's shown the ability to, so I don't want to say that. But he's not gonna, he's not a guy that's going to go for like a hundred yards and a touchdown every game or you know be that. The defenses aren't going to game plan for him for each and every game. Um, and I think what the bigger problem is, again, he's not having a bad year. by any, He's having a pretty good year, in fact. But when you see, you know, Justin Jefferson's kind of emerge as, you right. know, arguably the number two receiver in the NFL. If you want to have Devontae number one, if you want to put Cooper Cup ahead of him based on this year, sure. But Justin Jefferson's an elite wide receiver, and yeah. going into the year, we thought C.D. Lamb was kind of on that same level going into the year, kind of right. both two comparable guys, and we just got through saying Lamb kind of, or yeah, Lamb dropped some big passes. He's kind of, it's kind of been a trend this year in that going back to week one when he dropped some big passes in that game, and I think that's the big problem. It's not Amari Cooper. C.D. Lamb hasn't taken that big jump right. that Jefferson has, and Sure, Jefferson's rare, you know, probably exception to that, you know, wide receiver two or second year wide receiver, excuse me, going into that year two, um, huge jump. But yeah, I don't, I'm, I kind of see what your point is. They don't have a guy that they can go to that strikes fear to defenses that deep. Like Chicago is rolling all their coverage on Justin Jefferson. They had like five guys on him right. um, last night at different points, and he's still able to get a touchdown. But yeah, the Cowboys don't have a guy like that right now. That's kind of that that can go to know that you're gonna get a big play out of. So, so, so I, you, your your point definitely has some merit. And again, like I said, like I'm not trying to make a point that the Cowboys wide receivers aren't good. That's not yeah, yeah, what no, I'm no, I get what it's, you're saying. It's just like they don't have a bona fide guy to go to. Like, right, we thought like CD was gonna be that guy, and it just hasn't worked yeah. out to be that yet. He, you know, he, he had drop issues. He's not a guy that coming out of college we knew him as some big separator. You know, he, we know he's physical at the catch point, but yeah, you know, again, like we thought, we thought. I mean, maybe we're just Cowboys fans, homers, whatever you want to say. But I think a lot of us thought CD Lamb would be having a comparable year to what Justin Jefferson's having right now. Right. I think a lot of us expected Lamb to emerge as that bona fide guy, that guy that was many had as a potential top five. You know, almost sure thing top ten pick going into the draft before he fell. Um, but it just doesn't happen. I think, and I think that's what's been missing. Not not the only thing, obviously, but that's kind of been what the element the Cowboys have been missing that we kind of expected. And he's shown some flashes. He has a game where he's going to take over. Same with Amari. Amari's shown games where he can take over. Um, especially when he goes up against the Eagles, uh, he will have a monster game. 
Um, but yeah, they don't have a guy a con- consistent basis. I don't want to say they're wide receiver twos per se, but I definitely they're more in that ten to fifteen range than they are t- in that you know one to seven range where you're going to get a guy that can that can you know you can get the ball to in every play and you know you're going to win the game. You just get him the ball. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, like I said, it's just it's. I think that's hurt them a lot too because I think yeah. the guys either kind of like what we're talking about with Dak from a mental standpoint at times, the wide receivers have killed you from a physical standpoint, catching the football, the wide receivers has killed you at times. So it's just mm-hmm. like, I don't know if it's just maybe a laziness about the schedule and okay, we got the NFC pretty much wrapped up already. We don't need to do anything too crazy. Like it could be a lot of that too. Like could be a lot. I mean, and also you, the wide receivers really haven't, I don't think gelled either, you know, you had Amari miss some games. You had CD miss a game of concussion. You had Gallup miss you know, half the year almost, it felt like, because of um, his calf injury. You know, Cedric Wilson's been out of the lineup. And I think I think Cedric Wilson being out is, is an underrated aspect. You know, he hasn't been in that rotation as, like he was towards the beginning of the year when Gallup, when he set them in Gallup's role. And Dak kind of, you know, sure that he trusts him. You know, he's a guy that can get the ball to. He's had some drops too, don't get me wrong. You know, he struggled a lot in that Kansas City Chiefs game. That's another guy that, I'd like to see get worked in a little bit more going into the playoffs. If they can get him in a groove and everything like that, I think that could help the offense. Um, Jarwin, he finally emerged again on Sunday. You know, they finally got him back in the end zone, but he's another guy that's had his struggles, whether it be drop passes, missed blocks, things like that. It's just for whatever reason, like you said, it could be the schedule. I don't, I don't know if I buy into the just saving plays, you know, strategy. Like some people are. Theorize maybe I'm wrong. Maybe they'll make me look like an idiot. But I don't know if I buy into that. But just whatever the case is, schedule, you know, Dak struggling, offensive line struggling, whatever it is, the offense can't get on the same page. But I think I think this kind of stretch will allow them to work through things. Um, knowing their defense is a playmaking defense, they're still getting wins. And we're saying all this, we're dedicating half this podcast to their struggles, which I mean we kind of have to. But they're still. They still have a shot at that number one seed. You know, no, they're probably not going to get it, but they still have a shot at getting that top seed, which is kind of speaks to how well the offense played to start the year and how well the defense is performing right now. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, like, you know, to kind of close out, you know, I think, like you said, we spent half the podcast maybe complaining or saying what they weren't doing well. Um which you know, we, we spent, have to. I mean, there's definitely some real concerns. Right. right. And, and I mean, again, like we spent the whole first half talking about how this team could make a yeah. deep playoff run because of how good the defense is. It's just, you know, like we, we talked about a lot last week, like when you finally get to the point where you're like, OK, this defense is special. Your offense has fallen into the tank. So we're hoping they can get out of that. And again, I just think if you I mean, I hate to say it, I think a step one to getting back to you know, your yourself is playing the better player. You know, put it putting yeah. the guy in who's been more productive over the last two and a half years. You know, yeah, like, I mean, you, I think we've probably all been kind of wanting him to play more, and especially you. You've kind of been on that train for a while as well. He's shown the explosive ability. Is it is it the contract? Is it the pass protection that Zeke brings to it? What do you think is holding them back right now? I mean, I know Pollard had that foot injury, so that probably doesn't help his case, but. What do you think is that thing holding them back from just unleashing Tony Pollard? I mean, maybe it was the pass protection early in the year, but, you know, the last six, seven weeks, they're not. Yeah, teams aren't blitzing them anymore. So it's kind of just like, so the one thing you're telling me that's important 
you know, why yeah. we're playing this guy a lot more than the other is not happening anymore. Yeah. So, so what do you think is holding them back? I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's that's kind of gets back to a lot of people's theories where it's, you know, is it jersey sales related? Is it contract related? Is yeah. it name related? Like, you know, because obviously you just look at the statistics. I mean, again, like without watching a guy play, you can look at the stats, especially for running backs, and go, huh, this guy's averaging a ton of more yards per carry. His big plays are blowing the other guys out of the water. He's, you know, every time he touches the balls, they're, you know, they're 20 yard gains. He's a better receiver. So why isn't he playing at least equal amount right now? Why isn't he getting an equal amount of touches as the other guy? That's kind of my, my question. But yeah, I was going through Twitter and PFF tweeted most rushing yards per attempt, minimum of 100 or 100 plus attempts, excuse me. Um, Tony Pollard, number one over. Jonathan Taylor, Nick Chubb, you know, obviously we're not saying he's going to be the NFL's best running back if you give him that kind of workload, but maybe he could be. I mean, he's shown right. the explosive ability. He has, if you want to look at analytics, he's better than Zeke in that regard. If you want to look at box score stats, he's better than Zeke in that regard. If you want to watch the, the game, the tape, he's better than Ezekiel Elliott in that regard as well. I mean, he has some more explosive ability. He, um, he took that play to the house against the Saints. It looked like he was just going to be you know, a little first down play, you know, keep the drive going. He turns on the Jets, you know. Um, kickoff returned against the uh, Raiders, got the Cowboys right back in the game, um, put them in a position to potentially win that game. When he did that, when Raiders went up two scores, he turned on the Jets there. He's just, he, he's just a better football player, and that's not us hating on Ezekiel Elliott. That's not even us saying Zeke should get zero snaps or whatever, but if you want your offense to be at its best, you got to play your best players uh, at some point. Yep, I agree. But that's uh that's how we're gonna end it. And again, this isn't a we hate the receivers and we hate Ezekiel Elliott into the podcast. We promise that's not what we're doing here. We're just talking about things that we think, you know, if these receivers play a little bit better, we feel like the offense can get better. If they play the better running back right now, we feel like this offense can get a little bit better. So there's things that we think this team can do to get better and be a legit Super Bowl contender. So that's why we're going to talk about it. But we'll be back next week to talk about it more. Make sure you subscribe to the Blogging the Boys podcast on whichever podcast feed you listen on, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you're on, we're on there. Just search Blogging the Boys, hit subscribe, and you'll get our show and a bunch of different shows as well. Um, for you guys to check out and listen to. And there's a ton of different voices, ton of different opinions, ton of good opinions about the Dallas Cowboys, and we're going to be back next week to talk about them more, hopefully uh, with another division win against Washington football team, who's currently getting beat 20-10 to 10 by the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. But there's a whole quarter left to go, so we'll see what happens. But we'll uh, see you guys next week on the Talking the Star podcast.